With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. You know, we're going to control what we can control. Right now, it's a two-game season, and we talked about that with the players it's a two-game season and now the most important thing on the schedule is Wisconsin and that's why Wisconsin with control which you can control yeah I mean I think this team fought I don't mean you didn't see anything no one uh, gave up I don't think there was any of that you know um and you know we've kind of been through a lot these last couple months um that might be a common thing but as you can tell none of us have given up so I think that's special about this team and these last two games are going to mean a lot to us um because we don't know who's going to be here you know stuff like that so players and coaches we have 12 players that's going to walk on on senior day that'll be a part of senior day and some of them that's going to be playing their last game in Husker Stadium. You know, we want anybody considering walking that's going to be on our team next year. We want you to walk, so we want you to have that experience of senior day. Come in our seniors through a lot of transition. They haven't got the wins that they wanted, but they've been stand-up kids, you know, for this program. They gave their all for this program. And welcome here to this edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robert Washett, Stephen Sipple, as we will get you ready for Saturday's 11 a.m. game with Nebraska and Wisconsin. It's Senior Day in Memorial Stadium as that game will be on ESPN. And tell you what, guys, um, COVID messed up a lot of things in our world, but it really messed up college football senior days. Um, it, it, it's, you know, like Col- Colton Feast could potentially have three senior days. He walked last year. I don't know if he's walking Saturday, um, but he could walk another year. And, um, you know, I, I think that's something I know right off the bat. All of us will watch closely because uh, technically there's what 12 seniors on this roster, but there could be a lot more than that that decide to at least partake in senior day festivities. But even that doesn't mean anything no. in the end because uh, remember Jojo Doman did. He came back, Ben Stilly, all those guys did. Um, so senior day is not what it used to be. No, so you could watch it closely and identify somebody, maybe like O'Shawn Mathis who's walking, but it doesn't mean that's the final decision. You know, I mean, he could come back next year. Um, so, yeah, I don't even – I'll watch it out of kind of curiosity. But – and I guess there's some news value there. But I, I'm still like, yeah, okay, it, he's walking. But what's that mean? It's a really low-key senior day, Robin. I mean, you think about over the years, like remember like Amir Abdullah or Rex mm-hmm. Burkhead, their, their senior – how emotional kind of a moment like that is. And Dominic and Sue – there's real. I mean, Vokalek would be maybe one of the only guys, but he he hasn't done anything at that level. I mean, there's not going to be kind of like a I've got to be in the stadium moment to see that senior day introduction for this specific player because I don't know if there is a senior on this roster that would really command right that type of audience. Yeah, the closest one would be Garrett Nelson, maybe, and he already said he's not doing it. So oh, did he say he's not? Yeah, doing he it? said he's not running because he doesn't know what he's going to do next year and. So I think a lot of these guys, Good um, for Garrett. it's one of those deals where they're doing it just in case, in case it's their last game when they haven't made a decision yet. And they might not make another one until well after, into the off season. And that's just kind of the, the way things go now with the COVID year, with the portal era. Um, you know, a guy might have full intentions of coming back and all of a sudden Nebraska has a, 
elite level transfer right at his position. All of a sudden he says, you know what? I'm not going to go. So like, it's one of those deals where there's so many variables now uh, after the season that dictate uh, whether or not a guy's going to come back or not. So that these senior days are a shell of what they used to be. I mean, it's, it's not that final send off that they used to be that had so much meaning now, you know, outside of a few six year seniors that have no choice, but to move on, uh, there are a bunch of guys that are doing it just in case it might be their last home game in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. You're listening here to the Husker online show. As we talk Nebraska versus Wisconsin and a lot of storylines to unpack here heading into this game. Obviously we're awaiting on the head coach announcement for Nebraska. Um, really no timeline when that could happen. I mean, I, I think any of us are kind of on alert mm -hmm. that it could happen at any moment, any time. Right. The timeline is pretty much here until what? What would you say the latest time would be? Sunday of Black Friday weekend. <laughs> I don't, what if they want to interview somebody, Sean? Oh, you're right. Yeah, what if that guy's playing in the championship games? Right. Um, yeah, I'd be careful with that one. Um, it could go a little longer. Now, if it would go into December too far, the town would be set ablaze, I think. I, I don't know if pa patience would. Well, when's the portal window open? December 5th. December 5th. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, like before then, I think you have to have a coach. Like I think so, yeah. If you Or a plan to manage the situation. Yeah. And, and that would be Mickey Joseph still remains the interim head coach of Nebraska, and he's going to keep operating. And, yeah. you know, that would probably be a – good indicator he's going to be around in some capacity uh, but you'd have to have something like that because yeah. a lot of people need answers yeah I'm not suggesting it'll go that far I think it'll happen right after Iowa um, I mean Black Friday game perhaps that Saturday you get a news release that there's going to be a Sunday press conference or Monday like Monday yeah, morning or Monday morning yeah. yeah well I mean but there are people out there that just seem adamant that it could happen like today, tomorrow. Today, it ain't happening. Today. I mean, I'm just saying, like right. there, it's 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 just, it, and you know, I'm reading some comments and our people are upset that we haven't provided like play-by-play -play reporting of the coach search. But these searches are I mean, explain simple how these searches are. I mean, they they are well, they pay they pay to search firm. I don't know. Usually, it's in the range of seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to keep it quiet. Quiet. Um, the Riley search, there was no blow-by-blow. Um, there was a Bielema like leak after he decided to stay at Arkansas, right? Yeah, that that was, was probably really, the gist of it. But but keep in mind that when Riley was when Riley's name came out, the first time it came out was when he was announced mm -hmm. as the coach formally. Mm -hmm. So that can happen. And there was no, there wasn't a lot of. I mean, it was a very short search for Eichhorst. So yeah, I mean, people just kind of want something that's not really feasible. I mean, do they or do they really want it to play out in public? Auburn's not playing out in public. I mean, Auburn, if you talk to an Auburn writer, they're saying it's very tight-lipped. There's not much – there's not. There's no information coming out. So, yeah, I mean, I understand. Now, here's what it is. It's frustration. People. Yeah, like I'm going to read a comment here from – Do Stan, you have to do this? Staying 85, because there's literally been no inside information since Frost was fired. There have been some lists and coaches – that we would maybe talk to, but no true insider information about the actual search. No meetings, no phone calls, no sightings, no offers, no nothing. Um, well, like, I think that's that's why, and I'm going to call you out, Stang85, because the search firm keeps that stuff locked up. Well, and Trev, and it's just a, it's just Trev 
it's a one-man deal. Um, so yeah, it's frustrating on our end too. I mean, we I think we've unveiled quite a few things over the last two or three months. People have short memories on that side, but you know, the thought that we're going to have inside information on Trev Alberts' cell phone is, is no one does or meetings. I mean, it's mm-hmm. no. I mean, we you could, we could make some stuff up, which you can do in this day and age, yeah. Frank. There's and there's plenty no that's been made up. Yeah, you can do it. I mean, it's and and I think. And I do think in some ways that's okay with people because you're the season in a lot of people's minds over and they just want something, whether it's true or not. Yeah. Whether it's true or not. Um, And I get it. I totally understand that. I mean, I, uh, yeah, it's the world can be kind of boring. And I think staying 85, (laughs) like his frustration, that's how a lot of fans, they want to know that because in the world that we live in, they want answers. We know everything. Yeah, they I want mean, answers. You know, you, you can study the menu at a restaurant before you, you know everything now. You, yeah. There's no surprises oh, in this world. Saying, and, yeah. you know, I get staying 85's frustration like he wants the actual thing. And, you know, the hot flavor this week was Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, there are some people out there that truly believe he will be the guy and it's going to be announced. And, I mean, there are some people out there that thought he was in Lincoln over the weekend. I mean, what what did you guys make of kind of the Matt Rule week? Um, I mean, it feels like he could be the name that's emerged to the top, but – when you talk to people in the know, truly nobody knows for sure. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think it started with uh, that that rumor that circulated, I guess true or not, where that he was in town, and then all of a sudden it took a life of its own to where, you know, Monday, Tuesday morning, whatever, we're, we're looking at a potential <laughs> immediate press conference or rumors that something was going to be announced, and obviously it did not happen. So, like, that's the type of stuff where uh, people are so desperate for anything that – um, someone can just say something and it goes, starts as a text. And then it, that text message evolves into this deal where everyone's talking about it. Everyone's assuming that this decision has been made. The coach has been hired and it's a matter of when the formal announcement is going to be made. And, you know, again, uh, I go back to Trev's press conference, you know, when he kind of begun uh, this search, he said, you're going to hear a lot of names. You're going to, you know, a lot of stuff's going to get thrown around. We're going to talk to a lot of people. And, you know, I think that's where you have to be careful with <clears throat> jumping to these conclusions where Trev's talked to Deion Sanders, Trev's talked yeah. to Matt Rule, yeah. Trev has talked to Mark Stoops or whatever. Uh, being an, an open line of communication is one thing. Being a legitimate candidate is another. And mm-hmm. I think we've been kind of caught up in that far too often over the course of these <laughs> going on 70 days now of this coaching search. Yeah, and we almost get to – we, you, you kind of get painted as a bad guy when we keep shooting things down. Um, but – and I don't know exactly how to handle that. I think these coaching searches have changed. Um, and this one, this one's unique because of what Rob just said. It's, it's so long. But the search – I mean, I don't think Trev's been actively searching for a coach for all 70 of those days. I mean, there's a lot of background work that had to be done. I don't know exactly how long this search has gone on. But I just know this. We do, it's not like we don't know some things. Okay, for instance, the rule rumor got really hot on Sunday. Now, inside the walls, there, there was never a press conference planned for Monday. There's nothing. I know that for a fact. There was nothing planned. There, it was – so that I know, you know. Um, I know that – I mean, I, I think – I think we are pretty sure this is going to get announced either right before Black Friday or right after. I Unless mean, we, the guy's still coaching. 
Right, right. And, like a championship and, and, and game it's deal. possible he wants to interview one or two other people. Someone, maybe someone would fall through too at the last minute. So there's there's that. But I, I mean, as far as the rule Sunday Monday thing, there was nothing. There was no plan for a press conference. Nothing was in the works. Nothing got canceled. There was nothing like that. And we're we're going a little long here at opening headlines, but I want to oh, get this into. Gary Patterson, the te- yeah. the Texas analyst or special yeah, yeah, assistant yeah. to um, Sarkeesian, he made a Twitter statement, and I bring this in because our, our colleague and friend Jim Rose on the Monday Night Rundown show always has his coaching derby board, and he's had Gary Patterson up there as a candidate, and Jim has a pretty good feel on things and a pretty good relationship over the years with Trev Alberts. Uh, Gary Patterson made this statement, for all that care one way or another, I am committed to Sark and this staff to finish the journey. So please don't believe any reports otherwise. We, not me. Finish the journey. Finish, like, working with Sark at Texas. So finish the season. But the and season. in some ways that's an indirect response to Jim Rose continuing our, on our show. Another, he's had Gary Patterson listed high on the Nebraska list. Yeah, his name could be coming up elsewhere too, though, right? Well, what other jobs would be open that he'd be up for that he'd want to go to? Well, there's Arizona nine. State. Yeah, Arizona there's State. Nine. I mean, um, Colorado. Yeah, he'd be a candidate yeah. at all those jobs. Any of those jobs but yeah. okay, well, let's look, we're going to talk a little Nebraska Wisconsin. But I know most of the listeners are interested in what's next. But we will hit on the game and some other storylines next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. You know, Coach Mick today in our uh, team meeting put up 2012 on the board, and that's the last time that we beat Wisconsin. So it'd be a huge deal. Um, you know, they're a great football team. It's a big challenge. Really, really uh, good on defense, really fundamentally sound on, on both sides of the ball. So we're going to have to play really well. Um, but, you know, guys guys were excited this morning back into practice. The energy was there. Um, there's no giving up. So we're, we're ready to attack this game, and um, we can't wait for Saturday. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sippel. Before we get into some offensive storylines here for Nebraska versus Wisconsin, this segment of the show brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill, 30th and Yankee Hill Road in Lincoln. And let me tell you, no better place because we're all going to be down here early for the game, 11 o'clock. Last 11 a.m. game, I went to Tanner's Tavern 180 after packed. It is a hot spot to go. People kind of leave downtown. They get back to South Lincoln They want to go somewhere, get wings, watch games, drink beer, play Keno, get a steak at Tavern 180 next door. Perfect spot to go. Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill. They will have all the games, all the action. They get all the volleyball games, all the basketball games, football, whatever you want to watch. It will be on at Tanner's 30th and Yankee Hill Road. I might be there myself Saturday night, guys, after after this uh, 11 a.m. showcase we get to cover. I know a lot of people don't like 11 a.m. kicks. I love them especially after this grind of night games that we went through. I mean, my sleep schedule and my Sundays have all benefited and will continue to benefit with these the, early kicks. The Purdue, what was tougher, Rutgers or Purdue night game? <laughs> That's tough. Well, 
Uh, just anything in New Jersey seems tougher. Than well, me. yeah, the New Jersey there's more travel involved. We but left the car running for ten yes, hours. That, that <laughs> uh, goes without saying. But then at least that was a Friday game, so we had an extra day to recover, mm-hmm. so to speak. Whereas mm-hmm. with the Purdue game, we were jumping right back into it. Yeah, yeah, that was tough. Well, let's talk offensive storylines. I'm just going to get right to it. Do you guys think Casey Thompson's going to play on Saturday? Okay, so he was asked on uh, Wednesday. Mark Whipple. If he, yeah, yeah, thank you. Mar- thank you. Mark Whipple was asked on Wednesday if, if, if he feels uh, better about the chances of Casey playing. And he said a lot better. Um, and then he, now he did say, though, we just got, we're just going to have to see how it goes as the week goes along. So I, I don't know. He, they, play, they play poker pretty well up there. But Casey's practicing. That's the key. He continues to practice. But they are still limiting him with his workload, and they're making sure they don't do too much to have any sort of setbacks. So, you know, I, I, I look at comments like that as it's relative. Like, he looks a lot better than what? Not right. practicing at all? Yeah. I mean, like, what, what is he? He wasn't even throwing last week. So, mm-hmm. sure, you can say he's a lot better because he's actually throwing a football. I mean, but progress is progress. I mean, the fact that he's out there mm-hmm. is encouraging. At least the door remains cracked for him to play and if he plays i mean i guess depending on how hurt he is but if he plays nebraska gonna have a chance if he doesn't play in my opinion i give nebraska very little to no chance at winning either of these games i feel like they just don't commit enough to the run game either i mean anthony grant having his carries around like 10 ish yeah that's just not going to win i mean they have to get anthony grant around if he gets around 20 carries or more they have a chance this is where i defend whipple Okay, okay. Now, don't, I know this is not what you're saying. I'm not being argumentative, but you can't go in with the mentality of we're just going to line up. What about the mentality of we're just going to line up and run it at Michigan? <laughs> All right, how do you think that'll work? Or we're just, or, or, or even in this game, okay, well, hey, we're just going to commit to the run. Yeah, I mean, we're, that's what Wisconsin does. It stuffs the run. <laughs> I mean, you, I, I defend Whipple on that. You got to be diverse. Well, I Nebraska mean, doesn't run very many plays, too. So, like, how many opportunities they even get to run the ball, especially when right. they do run the ball, they're getting stuffed for a one- or two-yard gain, and then next thing you know, they're facing third and long, drives over. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, right. you can say it, and we've been saying that, that that's the recipe for Nebraska to protect its quarterbacks and its defense and all that. But if you aren't effective – in the few opportunities that you do get to run the ball, then you have no choice. You are in a bitch of a conference <laughs> that, that plays the run well. I mean, these teams play the run. They run the ball well. So what happens every day in practice, Sean? They, they have to stop the run. What, how do you think Wisconsin – I mean, they have Braylon Allen running at them every day. I bet they're pretty good stopping the run, right? No doubt. Anthony Grant's not going to – what, Anthony Grant? My thing, though, is if it is Logan Smothers, I think they should tailor the offense to actually fit him mm-hmm. instead of trying to make Logan run something that he hasn't really repped a lot of. And and I, that, that's where, you know, Whipple has to like, all right, Logan can't maybe do what Casey does, so let's, let's maybe have Logan run what he's more familiar with. I guess the one question, though, is him being, quote-unquote, banged up for the last two weeks. I know Mickey said that they were calling plays – to avoid him taking direct <clears throat> shots. Yeah. Calling running plays to have him avoid taking direct shots. So the idea of using him as a runner, I just don't know how much he that's might, even available he's to him. He's one hit away from... Yeah, I, we don't know what his injury there's is. There's two problems. Robin identified one. The other one, when you say 
I wish they would formulate the offense around Logan. That has to be a recent phenomenon because, as you stated earlier, Sean, he doesn't get reps. Mm -hmm. So how many reps have they worked on this reformulated offense? (laughs) It's just a a big, bad recipe right now. I mean, I think you have to keep it simple is what you have to do. Well, then you have Whipple's situation with him. Yeah, Whip. I mean – he got white as Mickey quoted to say. He got wiped out. I mean, and <laughs> Mickey's quotes. I mean, got he, wiped out. And th- I mean, that was. I've been around a lot of stuff. I mean, I've never seen anything like that in a game. I haven't either. Where and then then they put him in a chair and they wheeled him up to the and y- you guys walked from where Nebraska's sideline was. That was a jaunt to get back up to where we were sitting. Well, we did our post game show where Whipple called that game from in a wheelchair to get him back up there would not have been easy. No, and I mean even in a golf cart, that's it's a long drive because you have to go out of the stadium, drive around the stadium, and go back in through another entrance. So uh, that was a process, which is why he wasn't even in the box yet when the second half started. And then, oh by the way, he couldn't even leave the sideline and get through the tunnel because Michigan's band was clogging that one tunnel that they could get. So like, they, he couldn't even get into the locker room to get X-rays. He was just sitting there waiting for the tunnel to clear out so they could fit a cart through it. Like it was just just a mess. There was some confusion today. You might be able to help me with Rob the today wednesday okay so he said he sprained his mcl mm-hmm. but he had a boot on his left foot yeah so that's not well a, he's had a foot issue already so that's a pre-existing because at rutgers he was on one of those little surgical scooters yeah. and that i think had to do with his foot yeah i mean maybe something got aggravated there i know the boot is just there to take pressure off the leg okay so like if you insist on walking the boot allows you to do that with a little less stress okay. on your leg so who knows? Thank you, Dr. Washit. Yes. All right. When we come back, we will talk some defensive storylines and what to watch next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Really big back, um, really big back, really explosive. Um, people were saying that he was NFL ready at you know whatever, 17 or 18 years old, which uh, which is you know incredible for him. That's awesome. But like he's just a really big, really big back, and it's you know obviously Wisconsin's known for you know having really good offense linemen who run behind him, and when you have a back like that, you know behind a really good offense line, you know you, you see the seasons he's having. So. Oh yeah, you see how big he is. He's a big old dude. <laughs> he's about six two, two thirty five. He's a really, really good running back. He's probably one of the best running backs we've seen this year. I mean, we've been seeing the really good backs in the country, and the Big Ten has them. But this kid, this kid's special. You know, somebody told me he was eighteen years old to be that big and be eighteen. That's special. But he's a really good back. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple. You heard. Garrett Nelson and Mickey Joseph talking at the task at hand this week to stop Wisconsin's Braylon Allen. Um, it's the fourth consecutive game in a row. Nebraska has seen an elite level running back. They've seen Chase Brown, Mo Ibrahim, Blake Corum, now Braylon Allen. Where do you you're the you're kind of a resident running back expert? I am. Um, rank them for me, Steve Sipple. Where, where do they rank? Oh, ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going. Co- I'm going to rank the three that we've seen. Corum, one. Chase Brown, two. Ibrahim. Okay, I'm on the same page. Like, Ibrahim doesn't really break. I mean, he's just very consistent. Yeah. 
He's tougher. Like, than I, I just wonder if Ibrahim will get drafted. He's got a lot of tread on those tires. He's a six-year. He's a six-year guy. He just comes off back-to-back games with thirty-plus carries. Yeah. Thirty-six, actually. Thirty-six. All um, those guys are getting run into the ground this year, which uh-huh. is great for their current college teams, but not good for their NFL value. Yeah. And now, now on the other hand, Wisconsin doesn't run Braylon Allen into the ground because they got Ches Malusi and a guy named Isaiah Girl. I think that's his name. You have to double check that one. They got two others that I don't know. Those two others got about a hundred plus carries, so they lean on Allen pretty hard. Here's a difference between Allen and the other guys. The Allen is more of a home run hitter. He's got four touchdowns of seventy plus yards in six in sixteen career games. He's a home run hitter. When he gets if he gets daylight, he could go where Corum to could too. Chase Brown to a certain extent. Not Ibrahim. Ibrahim's not a home run hitter. Doubles hitter. Now he's like he's like Tony Gwynn. This guy, <laughs> this guy's like Allen. Aaron, yeah, Allen. Allen is like Aaron Judge. He'll hit. A, he'll hit home runs. And that's where I'm intrigued about Sorry, this Rob, matchup with Bill Bush's defense because Bill Bush has done a really good job of getting his guys in, in lined up where they've not allowed a lot of home runs. They have allowed three three rushes of twenty plus yards in six games under his tutelage. Yeah, six games. Three runs of twenty plus yards. That's a good. That's that's yeah. They're clearly not having. That's as bus. good as anybody in the conference. I bet. But not having bus. And a lot of that is the improvement they've made with their tackling at the second level. I mean, the the tackling from the linebackers and safeties has improved dramatically from where it was earlier in the year. And good news for Nebraska. They're getting Miles Farmer back. Um, he's fully practicing. He's going to start. He's their best tackling safety they have on the team, and so they're going to need him. Uh, you know. I guess we'll see where Isaac Gifford factors in. Uh, could play some nickel, but could play some safety as well. Uh, either way, it's going to be all hands on deck stopping Wisconsin's running game. We've seen firsthand what Braylon Allen can do, how he can change a game with that home run ability you're talking about to where, I mean, he'll he'll throw body, blow body, blow body, blow, Boom. uppercut, send you over the ropes type, type right. of guy. He did that last year. Now, he ran for 228 against Nebraska last year, 10.4 per carry. I couldn't stop him. 228 last year against Nebraska, 10.4 per carry. What do you guys make, though, of Graham Mertz? He's been a problem. Oh, he's a big and, problem. You know, what, I, I, big I, problem. this is a good matchup for Nebraska's defense if they can eliminate home runs and put Graham Mertz in third down. Like, there, there's some opportunities here in this yeah, game. That's their only chance. 57% passer. Now, now, he had gone on a pretty good run for Wisconsin. A lot of the Wisconsin fans were saying, see – Paul Christ is gone. Mertz can play. And then Iowa happened. Okay? Played terrible against Iowa. Threw a horrible pick six. And now people are back to, okay, yeah, he's just not very good. There was a there was that narrative up there where, see, you, you fire Paul Christ and Mertz is okay. Nah, he's not okay. He does have 18 touchdown passes um, and eight only eight picks. Not bad. 57% passer. They don't have – they're not a – they don't have a great core receivers. Um, this is Braylon Allen. I mean, this is the, you got you got you got to try to manage Braylon Allen. Yeah, and very rarely is Mertz in a situation where he has to go win the game, just because of how consistent that running game is. And so he's able to benefit off of that. The attention oh, that yeah. teams have to pay to Braylon Allen. And so I mean, that's that's got to be Nebraska's formula where. You at least, once again, try to contain that elite back and make the quarterback in the passing game have to beat you. And if, if they can at least do that somewhat, they'll, they'll have a chance. But 
Not if he's getting 10.4 yards and per guys, carry. guys, it's not going to be a throwing type of day in, in the stadium on Saturday. I mean, the, the kickoff temp's going to be in the 20s. So it, it's going to be a phone booth game. Mm-hmm. Like, lot, lot, like a lot of Big Ten games. Like, I mean, really this last month has been the same almost every week. Yeah, it was interesting hearing Mickey talk about the Big Ten in his press conference on Tuesday saying the game at the, in the SEC, they use every part of the field. In the Big Ten – it's played inside. It's played in a phone booth, and that 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 becomes even more the case this time of year. I mean, the SEC's got elite athletes, very pretty players off the bus, and they nice line, for weather, and they and they nice and they line them up and they let them run. Yeah, where in the in the Big Ten, it's like a Detroit alley fight. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. They put everybody in an alley and yeah. say, figure out how to get yards. You, you guys ever watch the run plays in the Big Ten? It is like a bar fight. Mm-hmm. It is. It's rough. I mean, there, I, I there aren't any side do doors. It's no. all in the alley. No, those guys that are playing in the, in that box in the front seven. Man, that that you got to be tougher than hell because it is. It's like a bar fight every play. Now, I mean, let's let's be clear. Like Georgia's got dudes. Oh yeah, Alabama's got dudes oh, they in can, the trenches. Yeah, they get. But the difference with the Big Ten is everybody's got size. Uh-huh. I mean, Nebraska's got size. You compare Nebraska's offensive line to someone from the Big 12 big. or something like that. I mean, they look like monsters. Yeah, they do. So, I mean, it, it's a different breed of trench play on both sides of the ball in the Big 10 that if you are not competitive in that area, you will not be competitive in the final standings. And in the weather, even more so, it makes a difference to have that style. But when you play Georgia in an indoor neutral field, it's a whole different type right, of game right. where their athletes can look a lot better. Yeah. But in the weather elements, it's a different Hard deal. Hard to do, yeah. It's a whole different style of game. Right. And, and we're going to have cold weather in this league all across. So it'll be interesting to see how these games play out. But uh, when we come back, Abby Barmar will join us. We'll take questions in the mailbag. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Don't worry about it. I can't. I don't know what's going to happen, so I'm not going to put energy into it. I'm going to worry about how we can go in this game, how we can play as a defense. You know, we're going to control what we can control. Right now is a two-game season, and we talked about that with the, with the players. It's a two-game season, and now the most important thing on the schedule is Wisconsin, and let's go at Wisconsin, but control what you can control. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple bringing Abby Barmore into the show. It's time for the mailbag. Lots of questions this week. Abby, where are you taking us first? Of course, we got to start off with the quarterbacks. So have you heard anything about Henrich Harburg, and why isn't he the backup to Logan Smothers? Um, I mean, it, 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 there's a lot of politics in football, and Harburg, Heinrich Harburg is not a Mark Whipple guy. It wasn't his recruit. I think first and foremost, the way Mark Whipple practices – only a couple quarterbacks can really rep. Mm-hmm. And it was Casey and Chubba. Those have been the two guys repping. Mm-hmm. Um, and Logan was not getting very many reps at all. Mm-hmm. It was Logan Smothers. So I think some of it is just pure <laughs> numbers and the way things are repped, but also politics. I mean, just like a new manager coming into a company, he's going to want to use his people to lead the company, not maybe other people. And he brought Casey and, and Chubba, and, and those were Mark Whipple's guys. It's pretty telling, though. I think Heinrich kind of represents like 
how much Nebraska's fallen short with its quarterback recruiting when you have a scholarship guy that is, for one, already been surpassed by a redshirt freshman walk-on uh, to be the number two quarterback potentially <laughs> going into the final two games of the season. But also when his name gets brought up to Mickey Joseph or Mark Whipple, mm-hmm. it's like Im- almost like d- immediately dismissed with a laugh. Like, why are you even bringing this guy up? And that's a scholarship quarterback that – I mean, is that what Mickey did yesterday? I couldn't tell what was going on. Yeah, up there. I mean, it's always like he's like just no, oh, oh, oh no. no, no, he's not hurt. No, no, like and that's that's the answer. Like don't don't even ask me about Heinrich Harburg. Like that's that's the vibe I get, and maybe yeah. you guys don't. No, but no, that, no, that's no. how I pick up on no, it. No, but, that's how what I got. I just couldn't believe my ears. Yeah, so that that's telling to me, and with that whole conversation. Yeah, well, if you think about it real quick, uh, let's go through the depth chart. Casey number one, one. Casey Thompson, Chuba Purdy number two. Uh, Logan Smothers, number three. Uh, Jarrett Sinek, number four. Uh, but they number, had been traveling. Who's number five? Who's number Masker, five? Masker. Ma- Masker, number five. Um, did I miss somebody? I mean, uh, Heinrich's six at, at Torres. 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 I missed Torres. Put Torres behind Sinek, five. Masker, six. I got Heinrich at seven. That, what else do you need to know? Yeah. It's, highest, the highest is six. The highest is six. It's just They said yesterday Torres is right behind Sinek. Okay. That's five. And, you know, I, I think they they should honestly look at Torres as that guy. I mean, if they, he, he's their scholarship guy. Like, that Michigan game would have been a perfect opportunity for him to get two or three snaps you heard with the four-game redshirt rule. My one counter to that, though, is this is a young guy who Mark Whipple today, on Wednesday, said that he's still missing way too many throws in practice. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to throw him out to the Wolves against Michigan's defense mm-hmm. on the road right. against Wisconsin, against Iowa. I mean, you're setting that kid up for disaster. Yeah, we. So I, yeah. I, I think the, in the long-term plan, that would be a disservice to the kid to put him in that situation if he's not ready. And by reports, like what we heard from Whipple, uh, he's not ready. All right, what do you got next? Oh darn! Do you have any ideas? <laughs> do you have any ideas of how many players would, will transfer out next season with a new head coach? It's hard to say. I mean, just look at last year. Was it 33 or 34 new scholarship players added? you got to look at that same type of number. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think 30 to 40 new players on this roster next year. It'll be a lot. 30 it, to 40. It always will be a lot in any given offseason in the transfer portal era, but in the portal era with a coaching change mm-hmm. and depending on what system they're bringing in on both sides of the ball, I mean, it might just be uh, odd men out at a lot of positions. So I would expect a number at that from last year or maybe even higher. What was LSU's story, Sean? LSU, LSU. Um, LSU – when Brian Kelly took over the roster, they had under um, forty, under forty scholarship, scholarship players. players. So, you know, that that's just kind of how it works. I mean, Brian Kelly ran out a lot of guys, and how will the new coach be here? Like, what if the new coach just looks at some players and is like, no, I mean, they just got to go. Like, they're not going to fit, and that, and we're we're gonna we're gonna just start with a fresh deck and have a really rough season in twenty twenty. And I think people have to prepare for that. Like, it's gonna. Probably going to be a rough season in 2023. You know, it, it's not going to be easy. Like well, LSU whipped it around. I was say, true, you, you true. can get good in a hurry. UConn, UConn whipped it around. You're right. You're right. I'm just saying. But does Nebraska have LSU's talent? No. Can they get it? Can they get it? Can they get it? The new coach go get that. They can they? Have... Can they develop the chemistry? Mm-hmm. Can they develop the money? The money. <laughs> I think they can. <laughs> okay. No. You're right. No, they, they can do it. But yeah. I, I just, you know, this year, like, I think people thought they could do it. And, and here we are where right, we're at exactly. now, So Yeah, the old school people aren't going to like me saying that. But that's, the, that's what we're looking at. Money. Go ahead. 
Okay, I got to throw in a basketball question here for Robin. No. (laughs) (laughs) There were some pretty high expectations for Sam Greasel going into the season. Has he met those expectations, and are there any areas that he can grow in? Uh, He's been everything Nebraska hoped for and more. Uh, He leads them in scoring, in rebounding, in assists. Uh, He's up there with most minutes played. And he's the guy when things kind of start to go south with those lulls in the second half, particularly coming out of halftime, and the other team starts to make their run, he's the guy that steps up, gets things under control, and goes makes the play. I mean, Nebraska hasn't had a guy like that that can just settle things down and take a game over and say, all right, everybody, let's let's get this thing figured out. Uh, so he is the, the guy that makes it all tick for him and uh, has been, like I said, everything Nebraska had hoped, and I expect that to continue all year. Does Trev Alberts have a better pool of candidates now to choose from if he would have hired Frost last year, if he would have fired him last year? Oh, God. Okay, think about all the jobs that opened last year, guys. Oklahoma, LSU, Notre Dame, Miami, Oregon, TCU, um, USC. You go down the line, Mm That was as big of a crop of jobs that would ever open in a year. So it would have been harder, David. Florida opened last year, too. Yeah. So Florida, Miami, Oregon, USC, Oklahoma, LSU, Notre Dame. So what are you saying? Well, right now, who is competing in the same money space as Nebraska? Auburn. Auburn and that's it. You can't really – because Wisconsin, they could, but they're, they don't, they're, we kind of know what they're going to do. They're, they're going to hire Jim yeah, Leonard. They have their guy. Yeah, they have and, their guy. Arizona State can't play ball with Nebraska. I don't know if Wisconsin, though, would want to pay six, seven million for a coach. Right. So, like, to say that they would do that, Nebraska would, I think. I think so. Arizona State, Colorado, they're not going to be in that same space. So, Nebraska, at least today, is in a better. Now, what happens if Jimbo gets pushed out at A&M? It changes. Mm-hmm. The whole landscape changes. That job opening could be a domino yeah. of other jobs. Yeah, because yeah. that's probably going to poach someone at a very attractive job currently because of the money that they can throw out. And, uh, like, yeah, domino. Huge domino. And I don't, I don't know if Jimbo's going to like get like that. I don't either. All right, what do you got, Ab? There has been a lot of conversation about Matt Rule. What about his ability to recruit at a high level, and is that a concern of yours? Uh, I mean, no. He's, Why? he's done it. He recruited a high level. Yeah, he, he brought dudes to Waco, Texas on a program that was about to yeah. <laughs> get the death penalty. I mean, look at what he did at Temple. Like They beat Penn State at Penn State um, and out-toughed them. I mean, it, Temple wasn't a finesse team. I mean, they were they were a tough Philadelphia team the way they played for him there. And he had college game day come to a Temple home game when they played Notre Dame. I mean, he, he got them up to a high level with development and identification of players. Yeah, and let's be real. Like, it's not the head coach that's out there recruiting everybody. It's the staff. And Nebraska going to be able to establish, uh, assemble an elite-level staff. I mean, especially with Mickey already saying that he's interested potentially in staying. I mean, you can get that type of recruiter that can do a lot of the legwork for you in recruiting. And as long as you have a head man that can finish the job and, and you know, seal the deal, uh, I think that it kind of plays out for itself. Final question. Since it is getting so cold outside, what is your favorite soup? Ooh, soup talk. Ooh, I am a fan of clam chowder. Oh, me and Sean Good both. And, and Sean both. In Lincoln, our neighbors down the road, Laszlo's on Friday, they have clam chowder. It's outstanding. Mm. It is really, really good. Still not quite up to par of the old school grandmother's clam chowder. Hmm. Now, and I, I've been on the East Coast. That's a different level. But Yeah, no question. Uh, when you go out to like, the Northeast, too. West Coast. Um, but clam chowder is probably my favorite. Yeah. 
Yeah. I've been on a chicken tortilla soup. Mm. <laughs> yes. It is yes. so good. I don't know. Like, when, especially when you get like the, the big chunks of chicken in there with the, the oh, I don't know. That sounds good. I, I, I did recently, like that had, hadn't been a staple, but like this, this Just changing of the seasons. No, home, homemade. Homemade. Chunky. Only way. Okay. Chick-fil-A has great chicken tortilla soup. Okay. So oh, you, good. You have to try it. Okay. Good, it good. It is amazing. I good had it for tip. lunch today, actually. Good tip, Abby. You got to so try it. So is it healthy? <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, it has like corn and beans in it, sure. yeah, so like half. Why would it be unhealthy? Just sodium? It's a cream-based soup. Oh. And it's like loaded with butter and dairy and I don't know. Hmm. It's you don't, like not unhealthy. Yeah. It's not fried. You don't <laughs> eat a hearty soup to cut calories. Are, are you guys chin, cinnamon roll and chili people? Or are you, yes. Is that just more an Instagram, I'm cool look? I mean, I never make it, but I will always eat it. You'll eat both? Yes. I mean, I, I will, but... I don't know. Sometimes they'll sit. I don't want both, but yeah, I get it's just, it, it's weird how that's like a, you know, phenomenon, phenomenon here. A phenomenon here on like Facebook? Well, just people get all In into Nebraska. it. You know, oh. there's like t shirts that people sell. And really? I got to get out more. <laughs> I didn't realize any well, of that. Well, it goes back to elementary school. Like, yeah, it does. When, I mean, that's when we first okay. had it. And so, like, yeah. it was one of those things we always grew up on it. Good point. I just wonder who the but, lunch lady was that kind of like yeah. they just had a bunch gaslit of gaslit that but, but unmade think cinnamon that, rolls. Like, <laughs> But don't you think that happens in Minnesota and Iowa? No. And, really? Well, it may be in Iowa. But like if you get anywhere like outside of like the 100 mile radius of Nebraska, people are like stunned. Like if, if they do it, they actually they already did it. But like for a Nebraska home game, watch the visiting media's reaction to seeing chili and cinnamon rolls next to each other huh. in, the, in the media food line. They're like just baffled really? at what this is all about. Just like hamburger and, and pizza. What are we doing? Yeah. Like I think Nebraska is the only place that does true hamburger pizza with like ground beef on it. Fascinating. Yeah. We're different people it's here. A cultural yeah. thing. We like our football though. Yeah, we do. All right. <laughs> even, even even at three and seven. <laughs> <we like. laughs> all right. When we come back, we are going to talk Big Ten football next and try to figure out the wild wild west. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. They're really good on O-line and a defensive line. That's what that's what Big Ten, really good Big Ten teams look like. You know, with the O-line and D-line, they, they move people and they, they, they get pushed back on defense. It's a really good football team. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Stephen Sippel, Robin Washett, getting you ready for Saturday's 11 a.m. game on ESPN, Nebraska and Wisconsin Senior Day in Memorial Stadium. Then we're Back on a short week Friday in Iowa City for a 3 p.m. BTN contest. It's a late kickoff this year. Latest one we've had, I think, in that Black Friday series. But let's get through the Big Ten games last week before we get into Saturday's matchups. Um, Indiana loses at Ohio State 56-14. to The Buckeyes covered a 40-point line in that game uh, to win by 42 points. Um, Purdue upsets Illinois 31 31- 24. The Nebraska curse continues. The Illini now have lost two in a row since winning in Lincoln. Michigan State 
beats Rutgers 27-21. That was a tough game, but Michigan State now one game away from bowl eligibility. I know they've got Penn State remaining. I'm not sure who their other um, game is left, but if Mel Tucker could get Michigan State to a bowl, that would probably be a nice finish to what's been a rough year there. Uh, Penn State beats Maryland 30 to nothing. 8 and 2 now are the Nittany Lions. I think they're playing to get themselves in contention to go to the New Year's Six. Can they slide into a backdoor New Year's Six? Or are they going to be stuck out at the Citrus Bowl in Florida? Um, it's probably what it's looking like for those guys right now. And they close with uh, Michigan, Michigan State. State. And they have – Penn State's got two games remaining, though. So I don't know who their other games. But, yeah, Penn State's already played really everybody else um, on the schedule. Uh, Michigan obviously beats Nebraska 34-3. to You had Minnesota <laughs> – hammering Northwestern 31 to three Pat Fitzgerald did say this week that some offseason staff changes are probably inevitable um, or things that they're going to look at so uh, the Wildcats one and nine on the year staring at one and 11 or Nebraska and 11 as um, <laughs> we would say and then finally Iowa 24 to 10 over Wisconsin I know you got some comments on the Iowa score. What do you think? Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. 146 yards is what Iowa gained and won that game. Iowa, Petrus sacks six times, sacks six times, and Iowa wins. Iowa gets a 41-yard punt return. They get a blocked punt, and they get a pick six. Um, that's, how, that's Iowa. That's how Iowa does it. And that's a great win for them. That's a great win. But their offense is their offense is terrible. Their offensive line. I mean, we we're an expert on bad offensive lines around here. Um, I always got a bad offensive line, Sean, Rob. Bad offensive line. Yeah. Bad. But they're they're they could potentially go to Indy, which is crazy. If they beat Minnesota, they're no, in the they're, driver's seat. To Indy. Indy. Yeah. If they beat Minnesota, no, that's a big if. That's at Minnesota. Uh, I think Minnesota can scratch that one out scratch out like a 13-10 win there. Rob, what do you think of Illinois' fall? I mean, they had this thing locked up, and now Illinois could finish, you know, third place in the division. I mean, they're, they're out of it pretty much. Yeah, they win that Purdue game with a chance to essentially lock up the West. I mean, they win that game, then oh, by, yeah. through tiebreakers, they, I mean, assuming they beat Northwestern to end the year, they're, they're there. And then... <laughs> They let a Purdue team that had been struggling come in and beat them at home. I mean, that was a monumental loss for Illinois with a golden opportunity to win a division under Brett Bielema, go to Indy. I mean, No fans there either. Yeah, it doesn't matter who out of the West goes to Indy, in my opinion. It doesn't matter, but I think it's just more of a, uh, a stepping stone for building that program and uh, a real missed opportunity to where – yeah, I agree with you. I think now you got to look at Iowa as being in the driver's seat, despite all of their flaws. If they can get through Minnesota, if they get through Minnesota, I think they've got the easiest path. If they can get, that's an if though. If I, and if they don't, then it's Purdue. Then not per- Minnesota. Mm, Minnesota. Yeah, Purdue. You're right. I think it is Purdue because yeah. Purdue has Indiana and Northwestern. And Northwestern. Yeah. So Purdue will win out. Yeah, Although they'll be picked to win out. I think Purdue would have the path if Iowa loses to Minnesota. That was, that's why the Iowa Minnesota game to me is gigantic. Gigantic. Right. Illinois is out though. Illinois is out. All right, let's fire through this week's games. Um, all eleven two thirty and one three o'clock game. We're done with night games, obviously. Uh, Illinois Michigan. It's an eleven a.m. game on ABC. The Wolverines are eighteen point favorites. Mm-hmm. Indiana at Michigan State. 11 a.m. on the BTN, Northwestern at Purdue. Um, that's an 18-and-a-half point line for Purdue. Michigan State, by the way, 10-and-a-half point favorite over Indiana. 
Um, then you have Nebraska-Wisconsin. That line is at 13 in favor of the Badgers. I'll be curious if we learn that Casey Thompson is for sure starting, if that number gets in single digits. We're not going to learn that. They're going to keep it pretty tight. Well, Vegas might learn it. <laughs> we might not know. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that that in, will certainly take it closer to a touchdown, in my opinion. And then you've got Ohio State at Maryland. 27.5-point um, favorites on the road are the Buckeyes. That's an ABC 230 game. And then the 230 BTN game is Penn State at Rutgers. Um, and then, finally, the 3 o'clock Fox game is Iowa at Minnesota. Now, the Gophers are a 2.5-point favorite in Minneapolis for that game. I'm guessing weather is going to be pretty dicey for that game, too. I don't know. I, I Like I said, I, I think Minnesota scratches out like a 13-10 to 10 win. I said that earlier. I didn't know the line. There you go. I mean, that, that'd be about right. Um, I've got your weather report. You want to update? Sleet with a high of 18 degrees and low of 8. There's a 51% chance of precipitation in See, I think that actually favors Iowa. Ooh, does it? Because they can just muck muck it up. Yeah, they. But they, but, but but on the they other want hand, it to be as sloppy as possible. But on the other hand, Minnesota can just ram Ibrahim at him. Although I was defense. Say easier built, said than done. Yeah, yeah. I was defense. I mean, Michigan, built for that. Michigan didn't run it on Iowa very well. Not really. I mean, I don't I, think so. Iowa's think, good at the run. Yeah, I, you know what's fascinating to me? Kind of random, but fascinating. Michigan put 418 rushing yards on Penn State, and then blanked Maryland. Penn State blank Maryland. Michigan put 418 rushing yards on Penn State's defense, the same defense that just blanked Maryland. How, how does that happen? I don't know. How do you do is that Michigan? Is Michigan's run game that good? It's really good. That's why Blake Corum's a Heisman Trophy contender right now. Yeah, and their I mean, offensive line, you saw it, blowing Nebraska beasts. off the ball. They're yeah. Beasts. I mean, it's funny yeah. because I thought Nebraska's defense did a pretty good job, pretty good. but like <laughs> they were still dominated. They'd, you know, like. Yeah. They they did says a, everything you need to know. They did a good job for being blown off the ball. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, they were just outgunned. Yeah. yeah, up front. All right. Well, reminder: we will have a post game live show following the Wisconsin game, eleven a.m. game. Um, we're shooting for a five p.m. Central Time start um, to go live. Okay. I think that should be enough time for you, Sipple. Well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll um, see. But so get on our Husker Line YouTube channel. We stream it live. We put it on the podcast channel as well. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, make sure you like all of our channels and subscribe to Husker Online as well as we've got a great deal. $25 gets you access to Husker Online until the start of next football season. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.